Hey there, I'm Deidre Blomquist. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and I want to help you understand how your body works so that you can navigate complex health conditions and take back your health. I'm passionate about serving women, no matter what stage of life you're in, so that you can take your health into your own hands, understand and address root causes for dysfunction, and holistically support every facet of your life. Women are the gatekeepers to the health of the family. And I want to help you understand health deeply to make the best decisions, not only for yourself, but for your family. I'm a lifelong learner, and I hope you'll join me in this journey to be always learning and always growing. Let's dive in. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, and I wanted to be sure to record an episode about a topic that has been in front of mine since starting the podcast, and that is what causes miscarriages. Because we know that one in four women will have a miscarriage at some point in their life. And that's a lot of us. Over the past several years, more women are coming out and talking about this, making it more socially acceptable to talk with your friends and your family and understand that there is nothing that you've done wrong. Your body is not broken and how common this truly is. And I think we're seeing a big shift in increasing rates of miscarriages as a result of a number of different things, which we are going to talk about because I think one of the things that happens for women when they have a miscarriage is wanting to know why this happened. And first and foremost, there's nothing that you did. There are so many complexities in this thing we call conception and caring to term that are complicated and many of which are not within our control. And there are ways that we can support our body in doing the work that it needs to in order to keep us safe. Because it's important to understand that when we think about miscarriage or the inability to conceive, that our body is always keeping us safe. That's its first priority. And if for any reason those conditions are already challenging, our body will keep us safe first and foremost rather than depleting us further, putting further stress on the body, or asking more of it if it's struggling in certain circumstances. And we're going to talk about a lot of those different things that can come up. So in terms of what causes miscarriages, chromosomal abnormalities are a huge factor when it comes to pregnancy loss. And this is the number one thing that will contribute to a a loss. These type of abnormalities can be caused by a number of different things, thinking about oxidative stress in the body, toxin burden, if there is an inability to replicate the genetic material, if there are things that are impairing the ability to replicate genetic material, can cause all sorts of things to go wrong with the genetic download and and recreation that happens when we bring two sets of DNA together. But I want to go through some of the more clinical things that we see in our practice, things that you can test for, things to consider and look out for so that you can begin the process when you are ready of digging into this a little bit deeper. So first and foremost is thyroid function. And often what we see is that there is either an undiagnosed hypothyroidism, 
where somebody is clinically low, meaning that their thyroid hormone levels are outside of normal lab ranges, or there is a subclinical hypothyroidism pattern occurring where somebody might still be having symptoms associated with hypothyroidism, but isn't quite low enough to warrant the diagnosis of hypothyroidism and the prescription of thyroid medication. The reason the thyroid is so important for fertility and for pregnancy is that the thyroid regulates metabolism and energy output. And there is a huge hormone thyroid hormone increase that happens in order to support pregnancy. This goes up significantly, particularly in that first trimester. And if your thyroid is unable to keep up with those demands, pregnancy loss is one of the things that can uh, occur. So keep in mind that research has shown that a miscarriage rate is 69% higher if in women who have underactive thyroid function. That means that you are at a much greater risk to miscarry if the thyroid is low. So how do you know if your thyroid is low? Well, hypothyroidism is very common in women. Um, and a lot of the, there's a lot of reasons for this, but it typically looks like low energy, hair loss, cold hands and feet, often constipation. Sometimes there's fatigue involved. Um, and we want to look at blood work to determine exactly what's happening. So we always recommend doing a full thyroid panel. Typically when you have your thyroid screen, they're going to screen for just TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. Thyroid stimulating hormone is the hormone that the brain releases to communicate with the thyroid. It's not giving us an accurate look at any thyroid hormone. And under normal circumstances, TSH communicates with the thyroid on a negative feedback loop. So if you, under ideal circumstances with hypothyroidism, if you had low thyroid output at the level of the thyroid, your TSH should be high because thyroid hormones are low and there's that negative feedback. So they're low. They say, hey, we're low here. And TSH increases its output to communicate to the thyroid to increase more thyroid hormones. But often there is a disconnect because it's very common to see poor communication between the pituitary in the brain and the rest of the endocrine system. There's a lot of reasons for this. Um, the first one that comes to mind is hormonal birth control, especially if you have taken it for years long period of time. The way that that essentially works is shuts off that negative feedback loop. And there is a huge amount of hypothalamic pituitary dysfunction where the brain is not communicating appropriately to the endocrine glands to include the ovaries, but also the thyroid. So that can be a huge contributing factor, but we need to know exactly what's going on because there are different ways that the thyroid can present dysfunction. Sometimes it's not producing enough thyroid hormone. Um, sometimes it's not converting the thyroid hormones into their most active form, which is more potent on cells. So it's important to figure out exactly what's happening. And if you do suspect or see, um, imbalances in your thyroid, working with a practitioner to figure out what's going on there can be incredibly helpful.
Now, that being said, I want to go through what's included in a full thyroid panel and give you some ranges to work from so that if you have this lab work in front of you, you know if there's an issue right away or not. So a full thyroid panel will still include your TSH, but you should have T3 and T4, and you want to see both total and free versions of both of those thyroid hormones. T4 is your inactive thyroid hormone. It gets, gets produced in the most amounts and it gets converted into T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormones. Those, that's the one that's more potent on cells. Total versions of these hormones are looking at bound and unbound thyroid hormones, whether they are actually available to cells, whereas the free versions are unbound and that's what's actually um, available to cells to be utilized. It can also be incredibly helpful to look at thyroid antibodies. So we always recommend testing TPO antibodies at a minimum, but looking at TGB antibodies can also be helpful. Um, Hashimoto's undiagnosed is incredibly common in women. And so that's what those antibodies will be screening you for. Now, TSH should ideally be between one and two. When you look at your total T4, we ideally want to see that between 7.5 and 8.1. For your total T3, we ideally want that between 90 and 168. For your total, or sorry, your free T3, you want that between 3 and 3.2, and your free T4 should be between 1 and 1.5. If you're seeing any of those levels low, there could be a subclinical hypothyroidism pattern happening in supporting the thyroid and figuring out what's putting stress on the thyroid, whether it's nutrient deficiencies, uh, poor hypothalamic pituitary communication, stress, um, Toxin burden, heavy metals and mycotoxins are notorious for disrupting thyroid function. Those are all going to be things that can impact how your thyroid functions, contributing to something like hypothyroidism and resolving that will be a game changer when it comes to sustaining a pregnancy. Another factor for miscarriages is mitochondrial function. So like most of us, you probably remember from high school that mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. They create ATP, which is energy, and all of that is absolutely true. Now, what you might not realize is that there is an extraordinary amount of energy that is required for an egg to process chromosomes correctly. So if the egg does not have adequate ATP production via mitochondria, it's very difficult to replicate DNA, contributing to those chromosomal abnormalities, but it can also cause cell division to be slowed down. So knowing that there is a huge amount of cell division that happens, especially early in pregnancy, thinking about that it, the cell that the egg comes from itself, we need to make sure that mitochondria are functioning, functioning optimally. Now, the kicker here is most of our mitochondria DNA come from our mothers, which is why thinking about pregnancy and becoming a mother yourself, this is crucial that you think about this because you will pass on your mitochondria genetics to your children and we want to set them up for success as well. So this is one of those ways where fertility issues can run in families. It is a genetic issue, but there's ways to support mitochondrial function. 
So we want to think about the things that impact mitochondrial function, and they can become damaged when there is huge amounts of oxidative stress in the body. Think about oxidative stress like normal byproducts of your cells that are just trash. We all create trash. We live. There's trash. And when the trash builds up in our bodies and there are not the trash pickup men that come get things, it builds up. That's oxidative stress. Now, the cure for oxidative stress is antioxidants, which we're all very familiar with. So this is, of course, where eating a very well-balanced diet with lots of nutrients and antioxidants, eating the rainbow concept really comes in. And there are other ways that we can support oxidative stress in the body as well. Um, When we think about mitochondrial health, one of the big things that you often hear is good for egg quality is CoQ10. And this is absolutely true, but maybe not for the reason you think. CoQ10 supports mitochondrial function. So it could be something to bring into your supplement regimen. Um, Most people are deficient in CoQ10 as well. The other thing to keep in mind is that mitochondrial damaged by a number of different toxins that we inevitably come in contact with in our world. Things like glyphosate, heavy metals, environmental chemicals like BPA, parabens, phthalates, all of these things put stress on the body. And so if you haven't already gone through the process of swapping out toxic products in your life for non-toxic products, it's a great time to start because this will help take oxidative stress burden off of your body as a whole, but also your mitochondria. Swap out your deodorant, your body care, anything that goes on your body and your skin is absorbed dermally. That can be part of your toxin burden. Makeup is a huge one. Think about your shampoo and conditioner and soaps. You want to be thinking about what you are cooking with, what type of cookware. Are you using something like Teflon Teflon that is poisoning you? Think about water quality in your home. We'll talk about this in much more depth on a, a whole podcast itself, but water quality is huge. You want to be drinking either reverse osmosis water or distilled water. Those are your safest ways. If you are drinking tap water and you make this switch, you will light your, your health forward. So think about toxin burden. If you haven't already started making those swaps, it's time to do it. Get rid of fragrances in your home, swap everything out, do a deep dive on reducing toxin burden. Now, nutritional deficiencies are another huge factor that we see contributing towards miscarriages. There are a few that we see come up really commonly that I want to go through with you. Vitamin D is one of the big ones. It, I don't think I have seen a single case where a woman had a history of a miscarriage and she had optimal vitamin D levels. Now, keep in mind that if you test your vitamin D for conventional ranges, you're typically not going to see it flagged until it's as low as 20 or 30. We ideally want vitamin D to be above 50. And most of us are not there. Now, Vitamin D is very important when it comes to pregnancy because it makes the uterine lining more receptive to pregnancy in addition to supporting immune cell function, which is another factor we'll discuss. But low levels of vitamin D can interrupt the estrogen system and decrease the growth of ovarian follicles. 
Research shows that the odds of pregnancy are four times higher for women with optimal vitamin D levels. So how do we get optimal vitamin D? Now, ideally you're going out into the sunshine and having as much unfiltered skin exposure as possible, where you have your arms and legs uncovered at a minimum so that you can absorb the sun's rays and produce vitamin D yourself. Supplementation is not always necessary, though it can be helpful. Um, It's not usually where we like to start when it comes to vitamin D deficiencies because there are so many other factors. Two of those big factors are going to be glutathione levels. Glutathione is our master antioxidant. So again, thinking about oxidative stress, if there's oxidative stress in the body, your body burns through those antioxidants so much more quickly. And glutathione will allow you to not only support oxidative stress, but it helps balance levels of vitamin D. The other one is magnesium. So many, if not all of us are magnesium deficient and it's in large part due to soil depletion and the fact that even if you are eating a perfect diet with wonderful produce, our food is less rich with minerals like magnesium due to soil depletion. And so supplementing with magnesium, if you are not already, is something that I recommend for all women during pregnancy. Pre-pregnancy is a great time to start doing that. Um, Oftentimes we need a lot more magnesium than we realize. So it's going to be a little bit more heavy handed than something like a calm drink. Using something like magnesium malate in the morning and magnesium glycinate in the evening can be really crucial. Typically we're thinking about doing six milligrams minimum per pound of body weight. It's a lot of magnesium. It will make a huge difference in the way that you feel. Magnesium is important for so many different enzymatic processes in the body. It's important when we think about constipation and mental health and mood, so many things. Um, In addition to the way that magnesium supports reproduction. So consider magnesium, particularly if you see your vitamin D levels low, um, but also regardless of your your vitamin D levels, magnesium is crucial. Now I mentioned immune function and I do want to talk about this a little bit because this is something that we typically work with women on, but it's something to be aware of. So when vitamin D is low, it means that you might have impaired immune function or that your immune system is depleting vitamin D as an immune nutrient because it is working very hard to fight something off. So the way that we typically see the immune system become dysregulated is via disrupted gut health thinking about dysbiosis and gut infections that are causing your immune system to have a big job to do. If there is some type of imbalance in the gut where there are harmful bacteria, yeast, or parasites, it causes your immune system as a whole in the gut to be upregulated. And over time, what can happen is they're doing a good job, they're fighting really hard, but they become depleted, especially if you are potentially already in a nutrient deficient state or immune compromised, it means that at some point in time, those immune cells are likely going to start losing their battle against those gut infections. And you will see systemic depletions as a result. Now, the reason why this matters so much is because immune dysfunction and gut dysregulation or dysbiosis puts such a huge stress on the body as a whole. I saw this post recently that said 
that your body can't produce sex hormones and stress hormones at the same time. And while this technically isn't true, your body can't prioritize both. If your body is prioritizing stress hormones, whether that is emotional, life, external stressors, or if it's an internal stressor, such as a gut infection, it is prioritizing the output of stress hormones in order to keep you safe. Our body can't differentiate between a tiger chasing us and a yeast overgrowth in our gut, right? And so both of those things are stressors. If that is happening and it has been happening for a long period of time, it will begin to impact sex hormone function because hormones don't work in a bubble. If your stress hormones are high, your body intuitively understands that reproduction and conception are not suited well during stressful times. So it's very important to figure out what those stressors on the body may be. Gut health is a huge one. Blood sugar dysregulation is another. Toxin burden is another huge one, especially when we start thinking about mycotoxins and mold, whether it's in your home, whether it's from a place that you previously lived and it has come out of the woodwork due to some type of immune downregulation, allowing it to start to overgrow and cause symptoms. We need to figure out if there is anything that is putting stress on the body. And if you have immune challenges, you have digestive issues, that's a great place to start looking. Now, if you recently had a miscarriage, I want to remind you that a miscarriage is also postpartum. Regardless of where you carry to term, having a pregnancy end is postpartum. So you are in a postpartum phase and most people don't realize this. And when their hormones shift postpartum, regardless of you being five weeks or 30 weeks along, there is a huge hormonal shift that happens. So you can feel that in your body, feel that in your emotions. You might notice hair loss, your period returning might be different. There are a lot of different factors. One of the things that we have available is a free miscarriage guidebook. You can I'll link this in the show notes, but it's available on our website to anybody. It goes through what to expect postpartum, but we also go through a lot of nourishing foods to keep in mind in that postpartum and miscarriage period. Thinking about specific nutrients in particular. So, thinking about things like iron, vitamin C, copper levels, vitamin B12, collagen, zinc, and fatty acids. These are huge in that postpartum period to support healing. So especially if you have pregnancy in mind in the future, it's crucial that you support your body and your health in recovery because that is what it is doing. We often think about miscarriage as and with the recovery thereafter as a purely emotional and mental recovery. And while it absolutely is, there is very much so a physical recovery that needs to occur as well. So there are different things that you can do as far as food, supplementation, different resources to support yourself on the more intangible side of things as well. And we have that all covered in that guidebook for you. So be sure to check that out. The other thing that you'll find there, if it's helpful for you, is a list of blood chemistry markers to consider ordering to check for imbalances. Now, if you're working with a conventional provider, do keep in mind that the lab ranges that you're going to see where things get flagged as high or low might come back all clean. 
it's not uncommon for women to have blood work done and everything looks normal. Does that mean that everything is normal? Not always. And the reason is, is because from a functional perspective, we want to want to make sure that things are at an optimal level. So I provided those thyroid ranges for you. That's an example of functional levels. That's where the, the thyroid should be optimally for function. That is true of all markers when we think about blood chemistry. And unfortunately, conventional medicine hasn't caught up in terms of knowing what the, the narrower ranges that aren't necessarily used to diagnose for disease, but tell us where there might be systems in the body or nutrients that need support and then allow us to be able to support those individually for you to rebalance the body and allow the body to do its own healing. So if you do need help with that, that is something that we do. We do a lot of miscarriage cases. We help bring a lot of rainbow babies into the world by supporting women's bodies individually based on what's putting stress on their body, deficiencies that they have, re reducing oxidative stress, helping with reducing toxin burden, supporting hypothyroidism, and so, so much more. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Check out that guidebook. And I hope this is helpful in giving you some hope into the future reminding you that your body's not broken and that while there's so much that's outside of our control during this phase of life and this season, there's also so much that you can do to support your health as well. Thanks for joining us today. If you're looking for help navigating digestive troubles, hormonal imbalances, reversing infertility, putting autoimmune conditions into remission, or support navigating mold toxicity. We'd love to offer you a complimentary consultation to see how our team of practitioners can help. While we offer a wide range of functional tests, we know that you and your story are way more than a set of test results, and we want to help you take back your health. You can find more information about our team, our process, pricing for our program, testimonials, and apply to work with us in the show notes. See you next time.